0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Laura, how can I help you?
1: Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, I have got a question about my house. I have a 28-year-old house. I had foundation repair because I live in Texas. Uh, about 15 years ago, and uh, they straighten the house up. It has a lifetime warranty, as most of those company, most of your companies do. And um, I noticed that we were not straight anymore. My, I had some problems with my doors and garage doors, and need to get all that kind of replaced and fixed. And but obviously, need to get the foundation checked on first. So I called the company back out to come look. And they said, before we do that, we're going to send a plumber out to see if you've had a plumbing leak under the house that may have caused damage after the fact. They did that. Um, they said there was a leak. I called my own plumber out, and uh, he's done tons of commercial stuff for me, so I know he's reputable and knows what he's doing and talking about. And he said, well, you've got a vertical leak in one of the bathrooms that is very minimal, he said. Um, and he kind of laughed and said – Foundation companies a lot of times will will you know claim that there's a leak that's causing the after effects to happen and it voids the warranty so they no longer have to do that do anything with it. And I said, well, where do I go from here? And he said, I have no idea. Basically, nowhere. Probably. So, what do I do at this point if they aren't going to help me and? You know, they, I don't know. if They care that I have a vertical or horizontal leak under the slab. They say I have a leak, and in the contract it says it's voided because of a leak.
2: Wow, you know, more and more foundation companies are doing that, and it is. You know, it it was everybody was going to lifetime warranties, yeah. and a lot of companies are starting to do away with the lifetime warranties and sticking clauses in there to to do away with them, and that's why it's so critical. When you're hiring, especially like foundation repair companies, to make sure to compare the warranties as well as just the cost of doing the job, because I can guarantee you, almost every house out there has some type of leak under it, especially an older home. Now, right. when when he says it's in the the uh, riser, how fast is it dropping? Did he do a static test on it?
1: Uh, he did. It was very minimal. I can't remember the numbers on it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm driving, so I can't look at okay. the, the numbers you know, that it, I make on
2: it. If it drops, say, one or two inches in 20 minutes, that is that is extremely minimal. If it's dropping, you know, eight inches in a matter of two minutes, well, that's not such a minimal leak, because if there is ever any type of blockage, it's going to be dumping water underneath, and that does cause movement. But I'll, I'll use, do us as an example. We don't void warranties over that, and we don't even have a clause in our warranty mm-hmm. to void over that. Where you can go from here, you know, it. you're going to be stuck between a, a rock and a hard spot. Now, some of the warranties out there will say that you have to have the leak fixed first, and then
0: Which the warranty has, yeah. is fine.
2: So, mm-hmm. So you need to pull your contract out. And double check exactly how that's worded. Uh, You mind my asking, whose contract is it?
1: Uh, You know, I can't remember the name of the company. Um, It's on the tip of my tongue. I I cannot remember. I can call you in the office. Okay,
2: that's fine. When I get back Uh, home, because that's that's where you're probably going to be stuck. Is you got to check and see exactly how they worded it. You may be able to just fix it, and then. Uh, it would reinstate the warranty. They sent a plumber. You said th- they sent the plumber to check it, right?
1: Yes, they sent their own plumber, and then I had my plumber, who I know very well, okay, come out that does major job. I mean, this guy's crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, and he he rolled his eyes in his head and he said, "Okay, well, you do technically have a leak." It's a vertical on, you know, this inside yeah. bathroom, but he said it's very minimum, and he said minimal, and it's not causing your foundation to have trouble. Right. But well, it happens all the time. And the so. issue,
2: typically, if there is a leak, what the first issue you're going to see is that area will start to swell, and mm-hmm. it'll go so far, and then it, the soil will turn to mush, and it'll start dropping. So here's what I would do. The first thing I would do is probably, let's see what it would take to get that leak fixed. The second thing I would do, yeah, it's and it's going to all be done at the same time. Okay. They sent some, somebody out to do that test. You'd be amazed how often it ain't a licensed plumber.
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised.
2: And if he's not a licensed plumber, hey, you got, you got all the grounds in the world to argue with him that, I'm sorry, your guy made a mistake. Fix the mm-hmm. leak. There is no leak. Your guy made a mistake.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and what he said was what he's seen is this type of leak is caused usually by a, by foundation repair. Because they move the foundation around and it does a little bit of cracking of the pipe or whatever. I can't remember exactly how he described it. Yeah. But, oh, I know what it was. It just loosens the PVC joints a little bit. And that was the leak. I mean, basically... He said, "There's not really a leak. There's just the loosening of that joint that came yeah. apart." And he said, "Usually that's because they've moved the what was there to begin with." He said, "It's probably been there the entire time." And he asked me, "Did they send out someone to test, test it, uh, do what is that called—the pressure test on it?" Did,
2: static did test. Did they send
1: someone out the static test after they did the foundation repair? And I said, "Oh gosh, no," because I wasn't well, notes on that. Well, if
2: they didn't, then then they really got no leg to stand on. Okay. Uh, because, you know, they they could have leveled it and had the issue before they ever left the property. Now, there are okay. some of the companies, mm-hmm. I, I will tell you, there there are some warranties out there right now that actually require you, the homeowner, to get a test after the foundation is leveled. And if you don't, their warranty is voided as well.
1: Oh, wow. See, it and I would have done totally, that. I'm a construction Totally check, re- so ridiculous. I, I would have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was very helpful. And uh I guess if I hit a brick brick wall with them, I'll just call you to come out and just fix it.
2: <laughs> well, and honestly, if if it's a a pier that's adjustable, any company mm-hmm. can come in and make the adjustment for you. You don't have to go okay. through the expense of all new piers, and we'd be more than happy to look at it for you.
1: Oh, great. Okay. Well, I would I would be more than thrilled to have you guys do that. Okay, thank you so much. That was you bet. It's been a nagging question for a lot of years, and so you have fixed it. Thank you. Well, Laura,
2: I'm glad you called. Thank you, ma'am.
1: Thank you, sir. Bye
2: bye. Yeah, lifetime warranties aren't always lifetime warranties. You know, we're in that time of year. You can look outside right now and see the sun is starting to go down. We're in that time of year where it gets dark early, and you know this is this is when. People start worrying about uh, break-ins and, and keeping the yard lit up for you know protection and stuff like that. You can get outdoor lighting, obviously, that comes on as the sun goes down and off again in the morning and such. You can get it solar-powered. You can get a lot of things to help you out. But I wanted to give you just a, a little word of advice. When you set those lights up, Do not set them up to be shining directly on the house. Now, you can set them right next to the house and shine up the wall. But the mistake I see some people do is they'll put it, you know, three, four, five feet away from the house and shine onto the house. If you ever have somebody outside your home and you're worried about wanting to be able to see what's going on, you are blinding yourself from looking out the windows. So, you either put the lights up against the house, shining up on it so that you can still see when you look out, or you shine lights away from your house if you're trying to do it where you're trying to see what's in your yard. Never point the lights towards your house or windows because that's just blinding you and giving you the weak spot as far as protection. This comes from Jim in Houston. Questions everyone should ask contractors before hiring them. Jim, I heard the question you mentioned on your radio program that everyone should ask before hiring a contractor. Since I was driving in my car, can you please email them to me? My sister in law has a friend who is a contractor who does great inside work like kitchens, fancy lighting fixtures, and I wanted to show him the questions you provided to see how he prepares for these questions and uh, you know let's face it sooner or later we all have to hire a contractor to to come out and help us with stuff and there are some questions that you need to ask you know the the first thing I would tell you is do you carry insurance if contractor doesn't bother to carry any insurance why do you want to bother using them that's not a real business so that's going to be my lead-off do you have insurance? After that, now we get into their work. Get some references. Call the references. And see what the references say to them. Uh, you know, they're all going to say, oh, the, the job came out great and it looks gorgeous. But what you're looking for is, uh, did they take care of being there every single day? Uh What about... um the subcontractors that they used, you know, did they stand behind what their subs were doing or did, did you, do you have to, uh, you know, deal with issues with that? You, you, you got to get right down and talk with them about these things because if they're, they're going to get squeamish about it, it's probably not the person you want to hire. You know, there's just there's just too many other contractors available out there. And yes, I understand contractors are hard to find right now. Let's face it, there's a lot of work going on because people are still rebuilding from the damages and stuff. But some of the other questions I would ask, depending on what type of contractor it is you're hiring, uh, are you members of any of the trade associations? So a remodeling contractor, I would expect them to be a member of NARI a home builder, Greater Houston Builders Association if you're in Houston, Uh, you know, different things like that. In my case, foundation repair contractor, they should be a member of the Foundation Repair Association. You know, virtually every type of contracting business has contractor associations of some kind available for them to be members of. So you you wanna check that out and, and see to it that they are. These are the things that set the good guys apart from the bad ones. Uh, And then, of course, check with the Better Business Bureau. If there's unanswered complaints, don't waste your time with them. Anybody can have complaints. Anybody can have complaints. It's what you do with the complaint. Did did you answer them? Uh, So, you know, if if they're not bothering to answer the complaints, why do you want to use a company like that? Because if there is any type of issue down the road chances are real good they're not going to be there to to stand behind it or take the time to bother to considering standing behind it so those are the type of questions i would ask Uh, now if you're going to be remodeling the house the other thing i would do is have a set of plans ready so that everybody's looking at the same thing do not base your sole decision on cost if you do that I will guarantee you you will have a problem. The cheapest will not be the best. The best will not be the cheapest. It just doesn't happen that way. Now, does that mean you got to go with the highest price person? No, not necessarily. But you do need to go with the one who's going to do the job right and get it done. And as we were talking about on the on uh, my previous hour uh that I just finished in Dallas Check out warranties. You know, just, uh, I had somebody call in about a foundation repair warranty. Uh, and it's a lifetime warranty, but if there's a plumbing leak, the warranty is voided. Well, folks, I can guarantee you, every house will have a plumbing leak under it sooner or later. That's the nature of our soils. And I don't care if you've got cast iron pipes or if you've got PVC pipes. Everybody is subject to have a leak sooner or later. Check out that warranty to make sure there's not stuff in there that's going to make you not want that warranty. And i got to be honest, I've seen some of the contracts now in the foundation repair industry where they don't even specify those type of things until after the job is done and they send you a warranty certificate. That's not what you want. You want your warranty in the contract itself. Steve? How are you today?
0: Hi, Jim. I've got a, uh, a caulking question for you. A couple of years ago, I had some windows replaced at my house, and all of the exterior caulking has gone black. Um, is there anything I can do about that or is it, or is the wrong caulking used, or any ideas?
2: I'm not sure about the caulking. Uh, is it on all the windows gone black or just some of them?
0: No, every, every window that, that was replaced. Which was most of the house, yeah, um, has all gone black.
2: Yeah, it does. It does sound like possibly there was an issue with the caulking. Uh, really, the only fix for that is going to be remove the caulk and redo it.
0: Hmm. There's nothing that would. I, I, is that kind of a mold issue or something that's growing on? It sounds
2: the- like it. And typically, when when uh, molds and mildews get into caulk. They get down into it where you can't clean it off the surface. Now you could try, uh, you know, what I what you might want to try to put on it and and see if it doesn't eat it up first would be a uh, oh like spray and forget, wet and forget, one of those type products. Okay. It's, it's an enzyme-based product and it eats away at the molds and mildews, and that may clean it up, but. If it does, that also indicates that that's probably not the right caulk and you'd still have to cover it up with another caulk that has, uh, you know, is either siliconized or has a mold inhibitor in it or something.
0: Mm -hmm. So the type of caulk that should have been used is probably something you use around a bathtub then?
2: No, it's usually an exterior caulk. And, you know, so you don't normally have these issues. Uh, I'm not sure what was used or if it was just a manufacturer's air, uh, you know, in a case of caulking or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Well, I'll try that. other that, You say Spray and Forget was one of the ones?
2: Spray and Forget or Wet and Forget. Uh, both of them are available typically in the nursery department at uh, box stores and uh, hardware stores.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Thanks. I've, I've
2: never tried those. Um, I appreciate the information. Thanks very
0: much. You mind. bet. Red in Houston. How can I help you? Yeah, I got a
3: uh, question about some settling. Uh, I'm in a new construction home, two-story, uh, just north of Houston. And after the cold snap we had two or three weeks ago, I started noticing my baseboard separating from the walls, uh, separating in the corners. Uh, every door frame downstairs has uh, started to split and separate. Uh, is this normal settling, uh, or is there something I should be concerned with, on maybe with foundation?
2: Well, actually, it doesn't sound like a foundation issue. Uh, that actually so- sounds more like the boards that they used weren't ready to be used yet. They weren't dry enough. Uh, okay. Typically, if if it's foundation movement, you're not going to see an issue with the baseboards. Your trim boards uh, and doors, things like that, aren't going to split. In fact, I've never seen that split from foundation movement. Uh, You're going to see, if it's foundation, drywall cracks, uh, things like that. So I don't think you got to – I think what you've got is – Once the house was built and the AC started drying the air out, it finished drying those boards, and they shrink, and that's when they crack.
3: Okay, so it was just coincidental that it happened after the freeze.
2: Yes, more than likely. Well, you know, after the freeze, the heaters came on, and you know, you when uh, wood is an expansive material. Hot and cold, just like concrete does, and a lot of building materials, steel, everything does, expands and contracts. And so it probably went through a big movement cycle, and that's what caused it. Okay. Okay.
3: All right. I appreciate it.
2: You bet, Red. Take care. Hey, uh, Hi, since yeah. it's, how, you said it's new construction. How new?
3: Uh, construction finished
2: in early March. We moved in April 1st. Call the builder because he'll probably be more than happy to take care of it for you. Excellent, thank you. You bet. Take care. A lot of times, we think as homeowners, why why does it have to cost so much? I mean, you were only here thirty minutes. It's not just the thirty minutes that you're there; it's the drive time to get there, drive time to get to the next place. It's got to cover all those costs associated with. Making a call like that, and that's the reason most places have a trip charge of some kind when they're going out to do service work like that uh you know and honestly, most businesses don't make money off those kind of calls. what they're doing is building a relationship for down the road when something bigger does need to be done, so you know you, you got to consider and and I tell this to people all the time take a look at what you do for a living and now pull if you're going to be at at a place for 30 minutes you can figure pretty much easily that you can pull an hour and 15 minutes out of your day what would that cost you at your business or would it cost your business to have somebody go out and spend that kind of time that's the reason for the service charges uh you know right wrong or indifferent those expenses have to be covered somehow because regardless of what uh, a lot of politicians think businesses don't operate for free they're in business to make money for either the owner or the investors in the business got a question that came in from Max and Max is in Conroe he wants siding replacement and what kind of contractor do you need he says vinyl siding preferred unless you've got incredible deal on hardy well max i I don't know what you would consider an incredible deal but here's the issue i have with vinyl siding especially since you're down in conroe uh near the you know that's getting near the coast i know it's north of houston but i go through conroe on a regular basis going back and forth between dallas and houston but the issue is in our climate here in texas vinyl sweats behind it and starts causing wood rot. You don't have that issue when you have hardy siding. The other thing, as it ages, it becomes brittle and it starts to break when you hit it. Again, you don't have that issue with hardy siding. So, yes, you could get something cheaper, but is it going to be cheaper in the long run? Absolutely not, because you will have to replace it And it will cause damage that has to be repaired as well. I can't tell you how many times I've seen houses that had vinyl siding on them. And when you take it off, it's so deteriorated, you're rebuilding walls. And I personally have gotten to the point where I almost won't buy a place if it has vinyl siding on it. Uh, Metal siding? Yes. Vinyl siding? No. That's just my cents for it so I really would not have a referral for you for a vinyl siding
0: just a reminder it's a huge help if you subscribe to rate and review the podcast it helps people find us Amy how
2: are you today
1: I'm well how are you
2: I'm doing wonderful
1: wonderful so i got a quick question I've got a house that's about 14 years old that we built brand new we're thinking about selling it but we have laminate countertops so I'm wondering if it would be better to change those
2: out? Are they in good shape? Survive?
0: Yeah.
2: Here's, they are. Here's the deal: if you change them out, you you may have somebody who wants a different color. You may have somebody okay. who uh, doesn't want a, a different type of countertop. You know, may, uh, maybe you're looking at putting granite in. I don't know. What are you thinking about putting in?
1: Granite.
2: Yeah. So a lot of people like granite, but you know you maybe put in black and they want white. You know, so uh, and and the bigger issue though is you're getting ready to sell it. So if the countertops are in good shape, I would recommend you leave those countertops there because if you change it out, you you'll typically get back on a countertop like that sixty or seventy percent of what you put in. At best, and most of the time when it's just something isolated like that on a countertop, you really don't get any of it back. All you do is create where, yes, it's a little more modern, and so additional people may be interested in buying the house, but it doesn't get you any more money. In a slow real estate market, it may sell the house a little bit quicker is all, but... We're not in a slow market right now, so there's no reason to do it.
1: Bubbles, what about, we've also got a black stove. Should we switch that out to stainless steel or just leave it?
2: Uh, Again, I would leave it. Because what you you put in may not be what somebody else wants. And quite honestly, stainless steel is kind of fading away and people are going back to white again.
1: Oh, wow. All right. Well, thank you so much.
2: You bet. Take care, Amy.
1: You too. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. And, you know, it's it's not just in the appliances. It, it's in the cabinets and stuff as well. People are going back to white cabinets. Uh, the The issue with the stainless steel that has really kind of started turning that ship around a little bit is the stainless steel shows every fingerprint. It's miserable to keep clean all the time. And so what people are finding is the whites, the blacks, things like that, They're much easier to keep looking good. And so, hence, things change. And, you know, they always say what was once in style will come back in style. And I'm still waiting for the uh, avocado green to come back, but, you know, who knows? I need someone who can evaluate the vinyl argon filled windows in my West U home. They were installed in 1985 and have been great until recently. I'm hoping someone can give me some guidance regarding what can be repaired and what needs replacing. Mary, if the windows were put in in 1985, replace them. The energy codes and standards from 1985 aren't even remotely close to what you would get on a replacement window today. And, uh, you know, you're talking... uh, you know, you're talking a window that's what 35 years old 20 yeah 30, 35 years old uh replace it you're going to spend at least half the dollars to have a glass pack made to put it back into that old window and then the two glass panes are going to be very close together where on new replacement windows they're much further apart in fact like on America's Choice windows seven-eighths of an inch apart, almost an inch of dead air space between the glass. Why is that critical? Well, one, that makes it more energy efficient. Two, it helps with the sound from outside as well. So, I would just look at plain replacing the windows that need to be replaced. And you don't have to necessarily replace all of them at once. Just replace the ones that are an issue if you want and do the rest later. My AC heating company is telling me the Freon in my unit is being discontinued and I need to replace it soon. My unit is only eight and a half years old and still under warranty for another year and a half. How long do I have before I need to think about replacing it? You don't even need to worry about that. You need to get you a new AC company, though, because they are feeding you a line of crap. Plain and simple. Yes, yes the coolant is being discontinued. As of January 1st, our old R22 coolant is going away and everything's been converted over to 410, which has already happened. But it's not that the coolant is going away. It's just they can't manufacture any more of it. Well, the manufacturers, they made so much of this stuff that they have an excess amount of it. The cost of the coolant has actually gone way down from what it was because when the government first made this decision to do away with that coolant, everybody thought, oh my gosh, we got to stockpile it because otherwise we're not going to be able to work on these units. And they did. And then they stockpiled some more. And then they stockpiled some more. They made it right up until the last day they could make the stuff. We got tons of it on hand. In fact, More than we will ever use. Don't worry about it. And it really aggravates me when I hear these AC companies who are telling people, because it's not being made anymore, you need to switch. No, you don't. Use that unit until it's completely done. There's plenty of coolant available. Yes, when when that unit's done, you're going to go to the new coolant. Guess what? They're already making another coolant that's coming out. So we went from R22 to 410A, and now there's a new one coming out. Does that mean they're doing away with the 410A? They haven't made any announcements on that yet, so I, at this point, can't say they will. And if they do, it'll be years down the road. Nothing to worry about. They're just using this as a scare tactic to get you to buy a new unit. And as long as you're under warranty, by all means, don't change. You need to change who you're using to do your AC service work, though, because uh, they're snowing you. And if they're going to, you know, lie to you about that one, what else will they lie to you about? How do you prepare for home repair? You know, for the average house, you put 3% of the cost of your home into repairs per year. That's maintaining and repairing, you know, doing things like painting or fixing rotten wood and different things like that. Uh, taking care of the air conditioning system, the electrical system, all that. Well, how do you pick who you're going to use? Because you got to have a plan put together. I mean, you want to have people that you can trust to come out and do the work for you. Well, therefore, you need to kind of be looking ahead of time who you're going to use. Well, you can use my website, THIPro.com, as a resource to pick people. But you know so often I get calls about doing these little bitty projects. Hey, I need somebody who can paint the front door. Well, somebody's got to charge a lot of money to come out and do just a small project like that. So bundle your jobs together. You know, if you if you've got uh say three or four different things like that to do rather than one, the overall cost of each project comes way down. Do it yourself if you can. But be careful and know when it's not something for you to do. you got to know your limitations, and that's something that's different for every person. Uh, avoid long-term borrowing because, y- you know, that's just going to put you into financial problems. But here's a big one, and you hear me say this all the time. Have the right tools. The tools make the job. If you don't have the tools for the job or you can't rent the tool that you need for the job, That's when you need to hire a professional. And if you're not confident in what you're doing on the job, get some advice or hire a professional to do it. It'll be much cheaper in the long run. With that, again, use THIPro.com as a resource to help you with all your stuff. And I will talk to you again next weekend. Have a Merry Christmas.